Welcome to The Empathetic Man. My name is Sethi Hillier, and I'm joined with Namesh Gupta, and together we are going to help explore how you as a man can be more empathetic. Each week, we are going to dive into a topic that may relate to your relationship with your spouse, your kids, or just life in general. We are looking forward to your engagement and your feedback, so let us know through your comments what other questions we can tackle, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to Empathetic Man. Sethi here with Namesh, and I'm sure all of you are fully aware of what's going on around the globe with the coronavirus, and it is truly unprecedented, and it's definitely um, changed a lot of what Namesh and myself are going through, not just business-wise, but personal and kind of every academic and every other thing you can imagine. And so we thought today we would actually kind of go a little bit into not really the the virus because there's so much information out there on how you can protect yourself and what you can be doing. But what we were kind of fascinated on is how it is being kind of communicated to people and how people are responding. Is there a more empathetic approach to this? Is there a way that people can be safe, but also be supportive and kind of helpful and selfless to their neighbor? Um, so I'll stop right there because Nimesh, you kind of brought up some good points in our prior conversation about this, and I think it's a great way to tee it up. Yeah, thanks. And you know, it's interesting because there are two specific as- aspects here. There are the 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 actions, but I think what folks really need to first understand, which I didn't, um, you know, for a while, was kind of like the underlying reasons behind those actions and it's kind of like when you're leading someone instead of telling them what to do you want to explain to them how their role kind of fits into the larger picture and if they do then they are able to do what they are doing with not only more purpose but have just kind of an understanding and an alignment with why they're doing it so basically what we have been kind of starting to be told at a high level is to stop doing things, right? So stop going um, to gatherings with over a thousand folks, stop going here, stop going there. And I think what's happening is a lot of folks, and I don't know if this is a Western thing or not, and I'll, I'll um, explain what I mean by that um, later on as we suss this out. But I think a lot of us are kind of in fight or flight mode where we're being told something and instead of kind of trying to process why that is being suggested to it, it's like fight or flight. And I think we're fighting it saying, well, you know, people are kind of taking away my rights and or folks are worrying unnecessarily. But I think if we step back and really try to understand the reason for why it is folks are suggesting restrictive measures is because of containment of the actual spread of the virus itself. And it's not necessarily, it, it's, it'll be fine if people like you and I, Sethi, get it, but what if we get it and we transfer it to someone else that may not be able to handle it? So I say all this, and I wanted to add one more thing. What happens sometimes is folks are unable to really digest the underlying reasoning for a particular suggestion, sometimes because of who is giving that suggestion to us. And I know right now, without going to politics, there's this very brash kind of, you know, behavior, if you will, when folks at the top 
from our president down are kind of delivering specific anecdotes or what have you. And I feel like, you know, in our, in our situation, the president, his mentality has always been either, Hey, you're, you know, it's, it's now evolving from, Hey, this is not a big deal to, you know, Hey, you have to do something about it. And I think that that second part is where he's going to be headed. There's a press release or or some type of announcement being made today later on. Um, But I said a lot there. Um, I want to pause and we can kind of maybe unpack certain things, Sethi. But I'd love to hear kind of your perspective on on what I teed up. Yeah, and you said a lot of good things. And again, for me, you know, when I hear something like this, or when you started hearing, or when I I started hearing something like this, you just start to think, okay, well, obviously, um, there's something out there and we want to, you know, protect ourselves and we want to protect our kids and, and make sure our community is safe. And so you do kind of look to these sources of truth, right? Whether it's the CDC or the World Health Organization or, you know, potentially the government. And I think what was really fascinating about this is kind of what you said, right? Like it, it immediately kind of went from education and information to survival and, you know, how do I take care of myself in this situation? And, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people use this uh, community app called next door and, and I have it. And I was getting all of these notifications on next door where people were like, what's going on at Costco? What's going on at Safeway? Like, why is everyone taking everything? And, and it was kind of interesting because then on the flip side, there was people like, well, you know, I'm, I'm young, I'm healthy. Like I'm not going to get affected by it. And so there's kind of this like cavalier attitude and, the the thinking is as well it's not about you getting sick it's about you may potentially having it and you may you know accidentally giving it to somebody who's really young or very old and they don't have the ability to take care of themselves and i just really liked kind of this conversation that we were starting to have around like wait a minute guys i think we can actually solve for both and i think there's a way to do things that are going to you know again be prudent and diligent and make sure we're not at all affecting, you know, our immediate family. But at the same time, we're like, we are still looking out for our neighbors, especially, you know, neighbors who may be in a state where they don't have um, the same immunity system. And so I just, um, I, I do agree with you. Like sometimes someone can say the most rational thing, but if it's said by a person that you just do not like, you will not hear it in that way. And I do feel like, um, that is happening here. I, I'm trying to um, understand in this situation, and I don't know if there is even like a uh, like an action or a next step or recommendation. But I guess I'm trying to figure out, like you know, in this situation, you know, what do you think we can be advising the people to start doing um, over the next few days, weeks, months? You know, who knows? Because it's definitely not slowing down, right? I mean, like I and I was just kind of telling you just quickly, like in our neighborhood and where we live, they're actually saying any school related activity that has 50 or more people is now canceled or being postponed. And, and so it even makes you start to wonder like, man, like, can I even go to the grocery store? And, and I, and I think people have to kind of just temper, you know, with some level of reason, what is doable and what isn't, but how can we do this? What is a, a recommended or suggested way for us to do this? That's also not going to be this kind of, me against you, but it's like us against this virus. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because it evokes a lot of certain 
feelings that we have in us when we approach difficult situations. So for example, this is kind of the way that I, I can think about it, right? Like, as we know from previous episodes, um, I and you both have experienced lots of racism in our life, right? And one time, and, and the, the suggestion typically is like, okay, be the bigger person and just continue, you know, if you encounter someone who's racist, just continue to do what you're doing and, you know, not, not go confront that person, but don't be scared of that person. So in us, we feel like if there is something like something challenging or wrong in front of us, by us walking the other way, it implies some type of weakness and it's not a good example for our kids. But that's the very solution to the issue at hand here, right? Which is walking the other way, which is essentially quarantine, quarantining, quarantining yourself, right? And that's, I think, what we're not only, that's not what people are making up on the fly. But if you look at history, when SARS broke out over a decade ago, the reason why folks in Hong Kong have contained this so quickly, and I think they've only reported in like, I think in the hundreds of cases, is because they know the drill. And I was talking to a friend in Hong Kong who said, look, we know the drill the solution here is to quarantine ourselves and it doesn't make us scared it doesn't make us you know cowards it's we know that that is a solution here so to answer your question it's like in my opinion the solution is to quarantine yourself which kind of sounds a little hypocritical on my end considering i just went to soul cycle this morning <laughs> but at the same time it's one of those things <laughs> but it's one of those things where you know you 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 have to quarantine yourself but not not let it mess with you for lack of a better way of explaining it in that you're somehow now not tackling the situation head on so that's my take what what's your kind of guidance and or advice for this situation yeah, and, and really quick, I, just about like the soul cycle, like I think, you know, exercising is actually a really important thing to do in these situations because it also does keep your immunity and your body strong. Like I know whenever I feel sick, like if I just lay in bed and maybe this is a personal thing, but if I just like lay in bed and I do nothing, I actually feel like I get worse. Whereas if I at least still move around and, you know, maybe not like try to go run a marathon, but do something that keeps me active. I feel like it gets my body stimulated and kind of kicks some things into gear. Now, that being said, we're also, you know, um, like, you know, we're kind of young, healthy adults. So I, I'm not a doctor here and I'm not advising, you know, people who are having this kind of issue or who have now found out they have this issue, they should start doing exercising. I just, I understand where you're coming from and, and, I, and that's what I do too. Like I like to do things like that as well. In terms of my recommendations, yeah, like again, I'm, I'm not an authority on the subject. So to me, I do think like one of the most important things to do is educate yourself. Um, and, you know, I do think that there are some trusted sources that you can go to. But when you, you know, when you do want to kind of keep yourself, I think, safe and healthy, I think you do have to kind of do this distancing. And it's funny, I, I was watching... Um, um, the Daily Show, um, I think last night or a few, a few nights ago, and they call it social distancing. 
right? Like I think this is a term that they're using, but I think that's the problem, right? When it's like, when people take something like quarantining or just, Hey, I'm going to stay at home. Like before this happened, for instance, like, um, anytime a child, at least in our school district, anytime a child gets a fever, they're told they're not allowed to come to school unless they're fever free for 24 hours. And that's just kind of been the, the edict for the last few years. Uh, at least since our son's been at school. And to me, it's like, okay, that's essentially what they're saying, right? You know, make sure you're completely healthy for 24 hours and then come to school. So for me, I feel like this whole concept of quarantining is nothing new. I think what's really interesting is when people hear it, it's as if they feel like I need to build this bunker at home and I need to like stay away from everyone and not socialize and not help my neighbor and kind of hoard. And I think that's where um, you kind of have to, just remember like quarantining isn't the same as kind of like isolation and like, you know, thinking that this is, you know, Armageddon. So I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I just think people should remind that, remember like, well, one, there's, you know, levels of quarantine, especially if you are, you know, in an, in an area that hasn't been truly, truly affected, you can still kind of have maybe some minor levels of socializing. But then the other thing is, is, you know, for folks who have kids, you know, they're seeing how we're reacting, right? Like for me, it's like, I've never seen anything like this. Like I can't, I mean, maybe for the folks in Hong Kong, they've seen this, but growing up in California, most of my life, like I've never really seen something this impactful effect, not just like, you know, academics and schooling, but business and stock market and events. Like I've never seen this. And so I've been telling my kids like, wow, this is so unusual for me. And I'm really trying to understand how to like, digest it but I'm very open with my kids saying like I don't know exactly what's going to happen but I do think right now like let's just be a little bit more careful let's make sure that when you come home you wash your hand like don't touch your face like things like that because I'm also I want to make sure that the way they see my reaction or the way they see our reaction they don't think like this is how you know this is the normal right like I want them to feel like okay like when something goes down we have to make changes, but we don't become irrational or panic. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's so interesting because, you know, I don't have, like, I have a two and a half year old who, who can't, who wouldn't really be able to read my face as much, but you pointed out the exact thing I was kind of trying to allude to, which is like, you want to show strength, but are you still able to show strength if you, if you give a defensive solution as opposed to an offensive one? Right. So it's like, hey, child, this is the, the, the solution here is to almost, quote unquote, run away from the problem. Now, we all know it's not running away. It's actually scientifically, as of now, the best thing to do. But I think that's where it it brings up it brings up issues. And the second part is because we've never seen this in our lives. We're just kind of like trying to process it. I think what's different now than when this happened a decade ago, I think there were SARS and the swine flu. I'm not sure if they're both the same. Um, At any rate, at that time, social media wasn't as popular as it is right now. And for me, social media is two things. It's reach and opinion, reach and opinion, right? So it's the ability to reach your entire, the entire world. And depending on who's saying it, that person is opining on a specific thing. Now, I think what everyone needs to do is turn to social media and just listen, but 
they need to listen to folks that are speaking scientifically. And you can't control how many people are going to say what they say. That's what social media, in my opinion, has kind of turned into, where because you have an audience, you can say whatever you want to say. And most of the time, you don't really have any skin in the game. So even if you're wrong about what you said, life goes on. So I think right now, two parts. So to address what you said in terms of like how to, you know, what to tell your children and, and kind of how to show this, how to show strength. I think one step, one step more is to kind of explain to children, hey, you know, sometimes the best thing to do is to not do anything at all or is to take defensive measures. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're running away from the problem. That's just a calculated strategy on how to avoid making the problem a lot larger. And then on the second part, in terms of reach, I think we are lucky that there is social media where we can hear the opinions of you know, some professor at NYU who knows a ton about you know, public health and perhaps has studied various parts of the coronavirus we should be actively seeking out folks like them and trying to figure out what they're saying and kind of triangulating that with other folks who are just as qualified. Yeah. And again, I, even that word defensive, like it always feels as if like it's something negative. And I mean, like even sports, right? Sometimes the best offense is a, is a great defense. So I definitely think you're right. Like the tactic here is to do the thing that's going to a, kind of aligned to the subject matter experts on the, on this topic. And then B like, yeah, it just kind of protects you, you know, you, your family. And again, it also mitigates the, the spreading, right? Because that's the purpose here is like, we want to make sure that this isn't being spread to anywhere else and that other people who can't, you know, who don't have the immunity to fight it off won't be hurt. Um, and, and I think the, you know, I think taking that quarantine approach is, 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 is just like the right approach, it's the assertive approach to do in the moment. And that may change as we get more information. And then to the last point, like, yeah, you're completely right. I mean, when it comes to any type of topic, especially something as sensitive as like, you know, health, you have to go to the facts, you have to go to the data. And I think that's challenging sometimes because like you said, social media, the internet, everyone has a platform to say anything. And then it's like, wait, well, who's saying the right thing? So you know, I think just going to trusted sources, even us, right? We're talking about this right now. We're not, by no means authorities on the subject. We're just sharing our opinion, but we do recommend like other platforms that are more experts on this topic. They're going to have really, I think, up-to-date, more timely information that you should be following. Really the kind of takeaway for me in this is just how to do this in a way that is promoting, you know, calm, you know, like a, a rational mentality, a, a more open kind of minded mentality and kind of a friendlier kind of unselfish mentality with especially your, your local community, because yeah, everyone's scared, rightly so. It is something that again, at least in America, we haven't experienced Hong Kong, like you said, they have, so they kind of have their act together. So we're all learning here, but I think we can learn in a way that's going to be more pleasant and it's going to create a better you know, example for our future, you know, leaders and kids 
so that they don't, you know, find in situations that it's always going to be like so binary. It's not, it's either fight or flight. Like I think there's a middle ground that we can get to that's going to be more, um, just more effective in the long run. Yeah, totally. And I think my biggest takeaway here is, is honing my ability, which I've yet far to even come close to um, achieving the ability for when someone says something to you, anyone says something to you, that by going into fight or flight mode, I think there's something I was reading, I was listening to this podcast about, you know, you having a, a prefrontal cortex and, and a, a amygdala, amygdala and the amygdala is kind of the fight or flight portion of, of your brain. And I may be totally messing this up, but this is based on memory and the prefrontal cortex is the creative aspect. And what happens is when you are, when your amygdala, amygdala is kind of in charge, if you will, you're unable to access your prefrontal cortex. So I think what's happening is, and this is again, my takeaway, anytime you fear, anytime you feel like you're in um, flight or fight or flight mode, you have to just kind of, you have to just put a pause on any, not only decisions you're making, but any viewpoints that you are going to establish for the long run. Because as we all know, we make judgments very quickly, but judgments are very tough to unravel, if you will, right? Where I perceive something as something based on whatever said, and then that's a perception that I have going forward. And that assumption that I've made is going to affect every decision that is related to this topic. And if you make that perception while you're in fight or flight mode, it's not good for anyone. So I think what, what I'm trying to do here is the fight or flight, which in this situation was, hey, like, stay at home. Don't do this. Don't do this. Or the other side is, well, you know, don't listen to everyone and just conduct business as usual. Both of those suggestions evoke a lot of personal feeling, right? That's based on, man, I haven't seen this before. You know, someone's telling me this. And, you know, I had this, you know, I had racism in the past. Like if I walked away, then I would have been a coward, whereas I should have stood up, stood up for them. And I think people don't realize that all of these things start emerging, all of your past experiences, all based on one pers one thing that arises. And when you're in that flight or flight mode, it's just not ideal to make permanent judgments and or decisions. And that's kind of my takeaway where if I feel that, and I think you had said this in a previous podcast where like you can actually feel through energy, like when you are uncomfortable, right? Like when you, right? I think, remember was that, was, I think it was yeah. that, um, right? That, that, that one on eating, yes. Like when you're in that feeling, like when you feel that you, you're not like just pause, just listen, digest it, and then kind of um, approach it at another time. So that's kind of my takeaway here. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. First of all, the amygdala is the fight or flight mechanism. It's they know they call it the reptilian brain because it's kind of like your reptile instinct. And then the prefrontal cortex is where you have, you know, your higher level learnings like empathy, morality you know, ethics, judgment, stuff like that. So you're totally right. And, 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 it's, and it's true. You can't do one or the other. Like if you get into a car crash and you're all of a sudden doing all these things, you can't like start having these other types of um, thoughts and these more profound critical thinking moments. And I, what you just said at the very end there, I think is really interesting too, where yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are kind of pulling some, you know, past 
pain bodies or demons or situations or, you know, experiences. And they're, they're kind of now combining all this stuff. And it's like, you're reacting in one way because of something that may have happened down the past and it's all happening in real time and your amygdala is trying to process it. And yeah, as a result, you know, some of the, um, results are not going to be, uh, ideal. And so I, you're a hundred percent correct. I think in these moments, like that's when people tell you like, this is when you need to become present, right? This is when you need to like stop, pause, you know, do whatever you can to come become aware of the current moment and look at the facts, right? Look at the real data and then use that time to start to process what is a good plan. Um, cause otherwise like you're literally running on autopilot and your body is super smart. It's going to do whatever it can to self preserve, but that self preservation, you know, that can come at someone else's expense. And so it's super fascinating. I mean, again, it's like the first time in history, I think we're going through something like this. I mean, maybe, you know, when we had that huge earthquake in 89 in, in the Bay area, there was, I think something that was kind of similar, but like, this is different because it's not a moment in time. It's going to, it's, it's, it's lingering, right? I mean, it's already three months, who knows how much longer. And this is going to be like how I feel like we, how each individual handles the next you know, few months is going to really start to, um, in my opinion, lay the groundwork of how we as a community continue to like evolve as, um, you know, like our country, our species, because, you know, these things aren't going away. Like the flu isn't getting easier. These are, they're just, they're evolving. They're becoming more and more scary. And I just feel like this is like, I don't know, maybe it's some divine intervention and it's a test, but I think the people who are going to do the best on the test are the people who are rational, who are calm, who are data driven and who are able to, yeah, not be so, um, uh, like impulsive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the learning lesson here, right? Like, I think it's just, again, like we now as parents and adults, you know, like we're trying to figure out like, Hey, what is going on here? But I don't know. It's, it's, I think the fact that we are acknowledging that something like this has not gone on before and we're being delicate and open with kind of like how we are feeling and we're open to changing those particular thoughts. Like me in particular, I was, I went from super, super liberal to, I wouldn't say super conservative, but more on the conservative side. And that's fine. You know, I think it shows an evolution and openness to to your thinking. Um, I think we'll we'll all be fine in that regard. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's a. I'll kind of end on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is it is changing every day, right? I mean, there's it's, it's one of these things where I'm even trying to ask myself, like, what's that right balance? You know, it's like, you know, I mean, I was supposed to go and have dinner with friends this week, and then some of them were responding, they're texting me saying, "Hey, do you think it's a good idea?" And, it's like, okay, well, yeah, maybe it's not a good idea. But then, you know, my, my wife, she went to go have lunch today with her girlfriends. And I'm thinking, well, should she not be going? But, you know, I, I don't, I'm not trying to tell people what to do. It's just, I'm trying to understand, like, what is the right thing to do in this current state of affairs? So I think the only thing I can do right now is maintain an open mind and, and be going back to what we talked about before, like, I got to be a beginner here. I'm trying, because we are, I think all beginners and we have to be open to like recommendations and things that 
may have to evolve. Like one day I'm saying this, one day I'm saying that. I'm and I'm trying to be very clear with my kids, especially like my son and daughter, because they're old enough to understand. You know, their their teachers saying, "Hey, now when you come into class, wash your hands, wash your hands." Like they're being told things, and so I even tell them, "Like, what is your school telling you?" so that I can understand and I can tell you what I think. And then together we can come up with a plan because I don't want to, I don't want them to feel as if like, you know, well, whatever mom and dad says, like, that's the rule. Otherwise they feel like they themselves are going to lose their, maybe their thinking or their choice in this. So it's a really interesting dynamic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think to kind of round up my thoughts, this is something that I, I, I think can definitely be well served with a more empathetic mindset. And hopefully today's topic, even though it's not normally what we talk about, I, I don't know, I just felt like it was very timely. And, and I, I really appreciated kind of just hearing some of the things that you had to say about it as well. Yeah, likewise, man. This is a good one. Cool. All right. Thanks, everyone. And we'll talk to you next week. And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end of today's episode. We hope you enjoyed The Empathetic Man. Our goal is to help you on your journey to become more empathetic and ultimately become the best version of yourself. If you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to share it with your family, your friends, your network, anyone who you think is looking to become more empathetic. They can be a man, woman, it doesn't matter. The goal here is to help the world be more empathetic one step at a time. Now, we would also love your feedback if you can Give us your feedback on the Apple iTunes. You can give us your comments as well as you can rate this podcast. That way we can get more viewers and more people thinking about how they can become more empathetic. Thank you again so much and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.